All right, that was a little more from Scott Patterson, the Ha Ha song. He'll be on the show next week. Uh, he is from Gilmore Girls. That was his band, Smith Radio, with his debut single, Ha Ha. All right, standing by to join us on the next part of the show is my next guest, Shabir Chowdhury. Good morning. Good morning. Like I said, I could not put this book down. It you. grabs you, and it's so applicable to so many different arenas, whether you're in business or you're just looking at life. It's, there's so many teaching moments. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I, I just, just so that you know, and you'll have a big kick out of this, if you go to the LinkedIn, in LinkedIn, I, I posted two articles. One is called The Power of Glass of Water. Okay. Another one I posted yesterday, like, like on Friday, called The Power of Honesty, being the state, why the straightforward matters. And oh. believe it or not, it's like tens and thousands of likes. Tens wow. and thousands. Like it has more than, you know, one article got like more than 350,000 views, 15,000 likes. Another one I just posted on Friday already got like eight or 9,000 likes so far. Oh, you my know? gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And also you can mention the book. It already came out only two weeks ago. It's already a USA Today bestseller. That is incredible. How do, how do you feel about this? This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, this is my 15th book, so I'm into this, but I think this particular book is so critical for me because I have been uh, working as a consultant for so many uh, companies and literally saved billions of dollars, and I've seen that, you know, so many companies fail, and there is so much of the stuff I feel is about the individual uh, suffering, and, and, yes. uh, and, and, and that's what I wanted to kind of change and want to make a contribution, you know, especially in the toughest time we are living in right now in America. Yes. So I wanted to ask, I have so many questions, but um, the way you wrote this book, was this based on themes in your observations that you gained throughout the years as a management consultant? Did you just... Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Plus my personal life, even, even because I see, I kind of feel that we are living in a fake world right now, just so that you know. Yes. There's so much of fakeness. Yes. And I kind of, and I never accepted that because I came from a very poorest of the poor country and I, I had a very poor life in Bangladesh and I came in this country in 1991 and whatever I dream in this country I achieved, right? And wow. literally those principles what I wrote in my book, that was the reason and I went to a bank and crying in 1991 mm -hmm. um, after landing in America on the second day I went to a bank and crying for $200 loan and I was rejected and rejected and rejected and, oh. and finally, right? And here I am, you know, I became one of the America's leading, you know, high-speed consultant, you know? Amazing. Well, there are so many learning moments in this book where uh, whether you see the, the child, you know, uh, trying to get food and because uh, you were in a taxi cab. Do you want to share that story? Yeah, like, <clears throat> think about that, you know. Uh, in, in fact, before the taxi cab one, I wanted to also share the story about um, what happened was um, the um, uh, you know I was traveling. There's another story that I was traveling from Detroit, you know, from uh, Los Angeles to Detroit. Yes. And um, and I'm very lucky person that you know sitting um, on the uh, fast fast class cabin, and then you know um, uh, normally they serve drink before the flight takes off. And there is a older gentleman sat just in the fast row of the uh, economy class. And he looked at the, um, you know, the steward and said, you know, can I get a glass of water? Oh, I know. And, oh. and, and he, he was denied, you know. Ah. And, and then uh, another person, a younger man, 
he was sitting this you know uh, literally you know on the aisle seat and he st- stood up in the business class he stood up went there uh, poured a glass of water and gave it to the older gentleman and and the question i asked to myself at that time why that young man did showed the thoughtfulness i could not show right right and i kind of and then i kind of felt that you know if it is a moment that i felt there is something that i can do um i must do this and the story yes. you are talking about when i was in calcutta and um i i was in a cab um and i saw uh, some a kid is kind of literally put his uh, uh hand on the gutter and so i i kind of surprised i said what he's doing why right. put his hand in the gutter and it's sure. like around similar as my son's age and i told the you know taxi driver to stop and he said so don't do it don't do it and you mm. know and and because it's moving so slow i said hey look park the car i need to talk with this kid right so i went down and then i talked with the kid and he said sir you know i'm so hungry if any food i'm just saying that if any food passes through or not if there is then i'm going to wash it and eat it mm-hmm. and it just shocked me so mm-hmm. much and i don't know what to re- how to react right. the first thing yeah. i did and in india it's much more like a, i talked about sweet shop uh sweet shop in india is much more like a mcdonald's right oh, okay. that is the way it is right so <laughs> so it's a kind of fast food and i literally took him and i there and i just told this guy in, i said hey look whatever he wants to eat just give it to him so he just said certain things oh, and wow. then i just you know purchased that and then i left you know it's yes. not that i made a huge contribution or whatever but at that moment and without even thinking about it mm-hmm. i could not take it i i think I think I did something just to satisfy my own self. Sure. That if I can sure. give a hand, you know. So this book, you know, uh, the difference I wrote is because, you know, what I found in organizations that, you know, they might be using the same process used by even maybe even my processes like Six Sigma or some of the things I teach. One organization is getting, you know, 10x return, another one is getting 100x return. and my right. uh, the reason i stopped that why another company is getting 100x what mm-hmm. we are doing different so initially what i thought maybe our you know whatever we are teaching as a consultant or uh, whatever of my own process improvement methodology itself is flawed that's what i thought then what we did is said no i don't think so if somebody is getting 100x that means it is working sure. if that is the case then let us study those organization and what i found the organization which is getting 100x what i call it majority of their people from the janitor to the ceo level they have a caring mindset culture yes on the organization which does not have right. um that getting only 10x return they may not have that caring mindset culture so then the question comes to what is the caring mindset can it be practiced by any human being at any level and my argument is yes, yes. so i then started those organization to find out what is the caring mindset and i talk about in the book about those uh, four element called a star yes. straightforward thoughtful accountable uh, like accountability and resolve so if any human being at any position mm-hmm. can practice this four principle that is being a straightforward being thoughtful to others being feel accountable and um and then resolve to have some resolve um so you know like i talk about that story in calcutta about the thoughtfulness right. but um, b- before i talk about that let's talk a little bit about the straightforwardness if okay. you think about that in our culture in especially in the organizational culture what i find that unfortunately 
especially the large organizations, even some small ones too, we don't reward the people who are straightforward and honest. It's very really unfortunate. You're right. right. Even this is the right thing to do. Um, and because of that, a lot of the time people cannot become straightforward because they are very fearful. Yes. If, if, because if they tell the truth, they might be get punished. They might be demoted. Sure. So, but the sad part about that, think about a company like Volkswagen. Volkswagen is one of the Germans' icon, right? Right. And is one, it was the leader in the automotive innovation. Was. You know, right? <laughs> and and yeah. think about recently, you know, two years ago, they installed, um, you know, intentionally, uh, deliberately installed some software to trick the emission data and on their 11 million diesel cars. I so think be. about that. Why they did that? And now they are paying the prices, not only lost the market share, they are also paying tens and billions of dollars of fine. And they recently pleaded guilty. Last week they pleaded guilty. Right? Mm-hmm. So why is that? Why that? The reason is that, you know, that means there is some people inside of the organization, yes. they thought they can outsmart somebody or, or they are fearful. We don't know. Right. But it is because of the dishonesty culture, yes. you know, yes. within yes. that group. So, you know, I, I wanted to give you an statistics. Like Cornell University did a study white-collar crime in America cost $300 billion annually. Wow. What a number. White-collar crime. Mm. Can you imagine that? White-collar crime. These are educated people's crime. Yes. So what is the purpose of education? You know, what is the... And, and that is the part. And as a society, we are paying the price. Right. You know, so I think I think that's what I'm, I'm really um, talking about, you know, um, on the straightforward. So if we can really become that each of us feel, hey, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to lead an honest life. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be a straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to also um, dealing with a straightforwardness with our my colleagues or at my home or at my community. I think we'll get a much more, you know, better results. You know, that is my professional opinion. Um, the other element, you know, in the star, you know, straightforward and thoughtful, we talk about the other uh, the four element does the third one is called the accountable accountable yes and accountable is you know i have a phenomenal quote from mother teresa mother teresa used to say do not wait for leaders do it alone well, do not that. wait for leaders do it alone right. think about her when what she did for humanity right she didn't go to the catholic church and everything you know and just ask the permission mm-hmm. hey in the bible does it say i should you know you know, save these hungry people in India and they are not uh, Christians, they are Muslims or they are Hindus. She didn't do that. Exactly. She just felt that, hey, this is human. This is the, you know, this is creation of God. And I have to help them, give them a hand. Yes. And I'm accountable for it. What can I do? So what she did, she literally picked those child from the street of Calcutta and, and took care of them. She even mm-hmm. helped a lot of the dying people, dying people on the street. And she literally picked them up and gave the human touch. That's she right. said, they don't need food. It's not about food. It's about the touch they are missing. Yes. Let us give them the touch. Yes. Right? So, you know, accountability is all about in your hand that, you know, if, if we see what I, what I witnessed in my consulting career with all level, I've seen in all types of organization, when there's a problem happen, we as a human being have a tendency to point finger somebody and say, oh, that is not my problem, that is somebody else's problem. Sure. We want yes. to stay away from the problem, right? Right. And it's always somebody else's problem. There is no empathy, nothing. Rather than they think, they should think, 
hey, do you know what? My paycheck is come from this organization. How can I help? Yes. What can I do? Even if it's my, even if it's created by my, you know, colleagues, but it's still, can I give them a hand or can I give her a hand? Yes. You know, you'd be amazed that if you um, read some of the comment in uh, LinkedIn, those two articles I'm talking about, the power of glass of water and the and the power of honesty, those two articles I posted. Okay. Um, if you read that, some of the comment, those thousands of people's comment across the world, you'd be so surprised and shocked. Even because I read every single comment. I took the time to read every single did comment. Did you really? Wow. Yes. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to get into their brain because once they read it, they are saying, oh my God, Shubir, you are so right. Yes. Yes, there is so many, you know, I'm in the, exactly in the same boat and and my boss does not reward the straightforwardness and I'm in, you know, Panish, can you help me? Like just before I... Before I received, you know, before I called you, mm-hmm. I uh, got an email from a guy saying that, sir, I may not give you a consulting fee, but I wanted to let you know, sir, you, you, you know, I was almost in depression. But by reading your, you know, this article yes. adopted from your book, I kind of felt that you gave me some hope. Oh, it, is priceless. it is priceless. It is priceless. Know, because, because I never felt that, you know, they will react that way. So... You know, when you're talking about the accountability, mm-hmm. if you really think that I can make a difference, each of us, at any position, we can make a difference for somebody else. Yes. And we believe that we personally ourselves are accountable. We can make a difference in this world. So I wanted to give you a phenomenal story. It kind of gave me an inspiration. Okay. Uh, there is a girl named Trisha Prabhu. And she's a 13, she was a 13-year girl in 2013 from Chicago, Illinois. One day, you know, she suddenly saw in the internet an article about an 11-year-old Florida girl uh, was bullied by the classmate and committed suicide, oh, right? right? And so her point is, saying that I have, I, I'm a 13-year-old and I'm seeing in my age group, a lot of uh, teenagers are bullied by the classmates or somebody else and then they, uh, you know, committed suicide. How can I make the difference? What can I do? And I've enough, and I, I've seen so many lectures and everything in the school. Nothing is helping. So I don't care about what the adults do. I'm going to do it myself. Okay. So guess what? What she did? She came up with an app called Rethink. 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 So, yeah, Rethink. What it did, long story short, is 93% of the adolescents who use this app, Rethink, decided to not to post any hurtful message after they had the opportunity to rethink. Oh, wow. Powerful. 92%. 92%. 93% of the adolescents, they decided, because what, what she found out, her research found out, that in that, that age group, in the adolescent age group, when they're putting that message out, heartful message or bullying or whatever they're doing, if somehow, if you put a, somebody just show them, stop it, or tell them, don't do it. Or is it the right thing to do? If you do that at that second, right. when they are doing it, taking that action, they automatically rethink and they say, no, you're right. right. So this rethink cap, what it does, it asks you, uh, are you sure your message might hurt somebody's feeling? Are you sure you wanted to post this message? Oh, wow. And, that is And immediately say that they decide not to do it. That they say, no. They choose mm-hmm. the no instead of yes. 93%. So, right? 
are, are kids in high school, you know, in, in middle school hearing about this app? Because they should. Yes. In fact, believe, believe it or not, this, this app took over so much and then Google, Facebook, everybody's promoting this app, you know, and it, it had a huge impact. And this is a 13-year-old girl felt she's accountable for it. So if a 13-year-old girl can change the world like this way, positive right. way, yes. why can't all the listeners who are listening to your station? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I agree with you. I think too many times people say, that's not my problem. I don't want to do it. Right. I'm afraid. What are people going to think of me? You know, mm-hmm. I've been in situations, I'll show something really quick with you, where somebody ran into a store I was in and said, help me, help me, my grandchild, three weeks old, is locked in the car. And I was the only person that reacted. Can you, um, can you believe that? I was the yeah, only yeah. person that ran outside, and there was, the window was open only a few inches, and I stuck my arm in the window. And the reason I say this is because I feel like, why aren't more people having yes. empathy? And you talk about empathy. Um, I yes. know we have to wrap up soon. Do you want to talk a little bit about empathy? The, like the, um, the empathy part, as you know, you know is, is all about that, what I call it as a two-step process, right, mm-hmm. two-step process. The first thing is that I think the reason we are not empathetic enough because we are not, we have a deficiency, the deficiency of listening. We as a human being, we do a lot of hearing, but we are not listening. So how do you listen better? The way you listen better, what do you do is when somebody's talking or giving their opinion, what do you do? Or even if you're observing something, you try to be in their own shoes. You try to think yourself, hey, if I'm in that person's shoe, what should I do? Yes. What should I do? Is it, you know, and once that happened, then you are started listening. Like yes. even somebody giving an opinion rather than arguing, you know, about it. Like one of the classic example I talk about, this whole political arena right now, what's going on. When Obama was the president, you know, the other political parties are, are talking about it, you know, um, you know, everything nonsense and not to support or whatever. I'm talking about our U.S. Congress. Yes. Now, we have another president. Now, the other parties are saying just opposite. Ultimately, who is suffering? Our nation. Yes. America is suffering on the process. You're right. right. Yes. Right? So, unless we... I, I wish the both parties kind of feel that it is not their personal agenda rather than feel that, you know, how at the end of the day, what can I do for our country? And okay, if our, we have a very a different viewpoint, how we can collectively work for our nation? Because at the end of the day, we are elected by the people to serve for our nation, right? Yes. So, so that is the first bit in, in listening. The second part is the empathy part is much more about, you know, it has to come from deep inside that, you know, every single day when you wake up, you have to make a decision. Hey, look, I everything I'm as soon as I wake up, everything I'm going to expose in this world, there is a hundreds and thousands of negative. Ninety nine percent would be negative. Right. Now, do I have a choice that do I want to make a positive rather than negative? So when I wake up I kind of feel I ask myself only one question. I kind of feel I don't know anything. I got lucky. <laughs> What can I learn yes. today? And then I wanted to also feel, what is the one thing I can do for another human being? And it can be my wife, it yes. can be my child, it mm-hmm. can be my next door neighbor, or it can be my colleague, or it can be my client, or it can be an unknown person on the street. Yes. Right? But I kind of challenge myself, not too many things, not thousands of things, only one thing, what can I do for another human being? I love this. 
right? Yes. It just it's very simple, it simple thing, right? Right. And that's it. That's it. So if you every single day when you wake up and you feel, hey, what can I do? One thing, even if you give a, a smile to another person, another person, if you just go there to your colleague and give a give him a hug and you haven't talked with him or her for a long time, or you know, or a person is very upset on something you give to them, hey, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Is mm-hmm. there anything I can do? Can I take you a Starbucks? Yes. Can you have a, some coffee? And that's it. That's that perfect. means you feel I did something to a one human being. Yes. Let me tell you, there will be some days will come. You may not accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And it happened to me because every single day I cannot make an impact. I tried, right. right? But guess what happened? What happened was I kind of felt, okay, maybe I have to be creative. Maybe tomorrow I have to, you know, today I could not find anybody and I didn't make any contribution tomorrow. So that means I'm one behind. So tomorrow I have to make an impact to two people. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. So if you position like that way, yes. I think then over time you'll see there's a lot of empathy. You are automatically become empathetic, you know? Yes. So and, and that's what it is. The other thing is that, and I kind of feel that my last element is the call, the resolve. I think we have a tendency to give up very easily. Look, you know, I, as I told you at the beginning of my conversation, that when I came in America, you know, I was so poorest of the poor, you know, but I had an unbelievable resolve. I think, you know, and I kind of feel that maybe, maybe the people who were born in America, they got so many things so easily, infrastructure and communication system, mm-hmm. everything so easily, we, they may not appreciate Maybe, you know, I think Maybe. my children may less appreciate about their own nation rather than what I did because I, I've seen the other part, you know. Yes. That's why I think we automatically give up. I strongly feel that any human being, if they have the passion and determination and perseverance to find a solution to a problem um, or improve a situation, they can if they have the resolve. You know, yeah. my, um, I talked about, and I'm sure you read the book, you know, I talked about mm-hmm. one of the uh, best story and which really changed my life is my grandfather uh, used to give me a coin and a pen. Right. And he used to say, when I was five-year-old, he used to tell me to choose either the pen or the coin. Every mm-hmm. time I choose the coin, he used to tell me, no, 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 never choose a coin. Even though he is one of the poorest of the poor financially, but unbelievably mentally rich person. And... Yeah. And he put in my brain, you know, the power of the pen. Power of the pen. So, and he used to tell me, if you if, if you meet somebody, you know, if you read a book, if you don't like it, you write to the author, give your opinion. If you like the book, you also write to the author. I said, Grandpa, you know, I'm only seven year old, eight year old. <laughs> if I write a letter to an eminent author, they may not reply to me. And Grandpa used to say, Shweer, write again. I said, Grandpa, if I write 100 letters, they don't reply because I'm a kid. Yes. They said, okay, write the 100 first letter. I said, that means, what are you saying, Grandpa? Are you telling me I should continue until the reply? He said, yes. He said, because that's what you believe, that's what you should do. Then what will happen, magic will happen, because pen creates the magic. What will happen, ultimately they will start writing back to you. Guess what happened? By the time I was 12, all the India's top laureates and actors and actresses became my best friend at the age of 12. So I didn't have to go to Harvard Business School to learn about leadership. I developed the leadership by the age I'm 12. Shabir, that's because incredible. Using the pen, right? So I kind of felt that, you know, your audience, when they're resolve, you know, thinking, they should think that they are not failure. Mm-hmm. They should think as a human being, it is, the, it is the best thing that happened to them. And they should think about what can is the one thing they can contribute. And they can change the world, each yes. of them. 
Yes. Each of them, irrespective of their position. And I know they are facing a lot of challenges. Look, I faced lots of challenges myself. Of and I overcame it. It is in your mind. If you have the mindset right, you can change the world. Shabir, unfortunately, we have to wrap up. Could you just give your website? This has been tremendous. My website is shabirchowdhury.com. It's spelled S-U-B-I-R-C-H-O-W-D-H-U-R-Y.com. And or at Shubir Chowdhury is my Twitter. And um, so you can also kind of, you know, follow me on the Twitter or, or send me a note. If you have any questions, I'm very accessible. Try my level best to answer every single email I receive. And, um, and also, you know, the books are available, you know, in Amazon or bookstores. The difference when good enough is not enough is, is pretty much available everywhere. Perfect. Shabir, I hope to meet you sometime. I know you're local, so we should make that happen. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have Bye-bye. a great day. Bye-bye. That was Shabir Chowdhury calling in to talk about his book, The Difference, When Good Enough Isn't Enough. And uh, my next guest uh, is actually a pre-recorded segment. Uh, we'll take a little break, and then I'll bring her on, Vanessa Van Edwards. Mm. 